Boraway Army and fellow music fans, I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany, and we're the hosts of Standing BTS from the Consequence Podcast Network. We're a bi-weekly show that covers the impact and legacy of K-pop group BTS. We mix the perfect blend of research and fangirl as we take a deep dive into lyrics during album reviews, theorize over music videos, and keep up with their current events. No BTS topic is off limits. We welcome everyone into the conversation, whether you're a casual fan, committed ARMY, or someone who's just curious about one of the biggest music groups in the world. Come chat with us every other Thursday with a new episode wherever podcasts are found. Hello, and welcome to Good for a Weekend, the podcast where two friends talk about Taylor Swift. I'm Cressy. And I'm Allie. And today we are listening to our listeners' reactions to the Evermore album. Yes, thank you all for sending these in, and now we all get to enjoy them. I'm super excited to hear them all because you all uh, got to listen to three that is uh, three episodes of us, a groundbreaking record, <laughs> of Allie and I breaking down this album, so now we get to hear from y'all, so I'm excited. I feel like Cressy and I are clean out of hot takes. Yeah, we're cut off. We're cut off. <laughs> the bartender has said, go home, y'all are done. There's like nothing else to say. <laughs> so with that, let's head into Evermore listener reactions. So, for our very first listener reaction for today's episode, we're going to start off with Brittany. Brittany says, quote, Okay, so all in all, Folklore is still my reigning queen. I don't like to choose a favorite child, but Folklore is the more well-rounded child. I just love a cohesive album with a full journey, such as rep. I'm also a musical theater nerd, so anything that can be made into a musical in the order of songs on the album is truly everything. Evermore just feels a lot more all over the place to me than Folklore does. For example, right now I'm listening to Evermore on Shuffle and couldn't care less, but Folklore I must listen to in order to get the full experience. With that being said, Evermore has some of the hardest hitting Tay songs of all time. End quote. Interesting. I feel the same way. I feel like I listen to, um, I like both of them equally, as y'all know. I listen to Folklore in order, but I listen to Evermore on shuffle. And that's not like uh, intentional of me. That's just what the habit I've fallen into. So I can kind of see what she's saying. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting too, because she sent us a follow-up DM to our Instagram account. And I know Cressy, you're really going to like this one. Quote, OMG, one thing I forgot to say, and now it's probably too late, is that when you gals were talking about the tapestry and champagne problems... Carol King's most famous album is called Tapestry, and Taylor always says she was a big inspiration for her, end quote. Yes, yeah, so I was actually going to talk about this in part one of our Evermore series, but we just did not have the time, unfortunately. We were already at, like, I don't know, like five hours total, but uh, <laughs> too much. I do love that album, and Taylor has said multiple times that uh, Carol King is a huge inspiration to her, and I have that mm-hmm. album on vinyl, and it's really cute, y'all. Just like a quick sidebar about it. I got mm-hmm. it from a thrift store, and on it, it has like hearts on it. It says like Amy Hart's Fred, and like Fred was here, like written on it in pen, and it's just cute because you know they're probably super old and. I don't know. It just makes me smile whenever I see it because, you know, there was 
two lovers just scribbling on each other's vinyls. But if y'all haven't listened to Tapestry, it is one of the most perfect albums of all time. I'm sure it's in the top 50 best albums of all time by Rolling Stone. And if you also watch Gilmore Girls, you already know one of the songs. Which one is that? Where you lead, I will follow. Oh, <laughs> I did not even know that was Carole King. The only Carole King song I know is Natural Woman. That's a good one too. I know. That's on there is too. Is that on Tapestry? Oh yes, ma'am it is. And also for another fun fact for my Gilmore Girls fans, did you watch Gilmore Girls, Allie? Uh, I mean, like, when it was on cable, yeah, and that was all that was on. So there's, like, a little part of the show where Lane, Rory's friend, wants to learn how to play the drums. The shop owner of the of the music store is Carol King. And it's mm. funny because she has the theme song for the show, and she plays, like, a little part in it. It's like a little cameo. It's cute. Is she, like, a recurring cameo or just one episode? Uh, she might be in a, in a couple tops, but yeah, it's pretty cute. Cool. She lets Lane practice the drums in her store. So that's just oh. a little fun Carol King tapestry sidebar. Well, with that, shall we carry on to the next Evermore reaction, Cressy? So why don't we hear from MS next? Here we go. Quote, wow. I mean, wow. Okay, Folklore was a great album, I'll say that. It had her most poetic lyrics yet. Or so I thought, oh. <coughs> oh. <laughs> I just choked on that. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I literally... <laughs> MS took us for a ride. <laughs> I absolutely loved Evermore. Reasons, colon. Number one, the sense of nostalgia was so much stronger in this one. The imagery was just as clear as always, but I could almost taste the memories in every single song in this album. You sometimes mm. see a clear distinction between childhood, teen years, and adult life, but most of the time, it's just a gorgeous blur of wistfulness. What a beautiful sentence, MS. Beautiful. This album is so gorgeous, it makes me so mad. <laughs> <laughs> Love that song. They continue. Number two. The lyrics. Oh my God. Like I said, the imagery was amazing. And why was that? The lyrics. These lyrics are going to be in my head for years, I swear. I'm a sucker for great lyrics. That's why I'm a Swifty LOL. So this album had me fainting all over the place. It was incredible. And I'm going to yell it out again just because I can. The lyrics are phenomenal. Number three. I love the passion. I know. Lots of all caps, MS. <laughs> Number three. While folklore was great, the tunes were all pretty sad and used most of the same instruments. This isn't an insult. I adored folklore. It's just something I noticed. Evermore seemed to use different acoustics and more upbeat. One might even say badass, cough, closure, cough tunes, <laughs> which I absolutely loved. In short, Evermore was the more upbeat sister of folklore and just as good, maybe even better. Either way, I adored Evermore an unhealthy amount, lol, just kidding, and if I have any say in it, this is the only thing I'll play when I have the aux, LMAO. <laughs> I hope this Swifty rant, which ended up sounding more like badly written review, was satisfactory. Love from your fellow Swifty, MS. End quote. Thank you, MS. Coming at us with the enthusiasm. I love it. Yes. I totally agree that Evermore has a lot of upbeat vibes. I love it. Specifically Gold Rush. That's like yeah. the one I point to as being like the biggest difference from Folklore and Evermore to me. It's the one that sounds the most pop out of all of them. Mm-hmm. A thousand and ten percent. I think that's why I naturally gravitated towards Evermore more than Folklore, just mm -hmm. because of how upbeat it was. And, you know, even No Body, No Crime, like you can kind of really get into Whereas 
Folklore is like something I look at folklore like I look at like an art piece. You know, like I want to mm-hmm. sit there and I want to soak in like every single lyric of folklore and like really like get trapped in that story. Evermore I can listen to way more in the background. Like I feel just, that. Yeah. Definitely something if I had the aux cord, I'd be quicker to play an Evermore song than a folklore song. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But isn't it so sad when you're in, like, a car with, like, non-Swifties, though, and, like, obviously you can't play Evermore? <laughs> like, you know, like... I do it anyway. I know. Like, I feel like people, like, if you're if you're not, like, a huge Swiftie, you can never... If you're in a group of people, you can't, like, be like, ooh, let's jam out to Evermore. Yeah, let's blast some closure. I know. <laughs> some Coney Island. Especially us, since we have a Taylor Swift podcast, and now everyone we know knows it. Yeah. Like, it's almost expected, but it almost makes it worse <laughs> if we do it. Uh, I just try and throw in some, like, Gucci Mane every once in a while, so people know that I Good. have different interests. Yeah. But when it's just me, it's only Taylor. Also, wait, side sidebar... How do you feel, listeners and Ellie, when you give someone the ox and they play Taylor? Because part of me is Ooh! like, part of, I love it, but then part of me is like, you know, I, I can listen to more things. Like, you don't have oh, to true. play that just for me. Like, I, you can play whatever you want to play. So sometimes I kind of feel bad about that because I don't want my friends to think I only listen to Taylor. Like, you can play whatever you want to play. So, yeah. Yeah. Boot for thought. I think because we are on a superior level of Taylor education (laughs) when someone else like is trying to like play Taylor to appease me. I think it's really sweet. Like I think it's really nice. It is. But you can tell like when someone does that, you can tell a true Taylor fan from someone who's just like kind of a fan trying to be nice, which is super nice. I appreciate the effort. Mm -hmm. But if they play like the first song they play is like Bad Blood, I'm like, okay, we can, we can go better. We can do better than this. Yeah. Maybe try one of your playlists, girly. (laughs) Yeah. But one time a girl had the ox and she started playing Death by a Thousand Cuts live from Paris. And it was when I just first met her. And I was like, okay, this girl swifts. Yes. (laughs) She swifts hard. I literally listened to that right before we started recording the live version. Ah! So good. I love that version. Oh, chills. All right, Allie, why don't we go into our first audio recording reaction so i'm really excited to hear this one this is my first time hearing it with you right here right now from my friend mk ashford my high school bestie we went to reputation and 1989 together so she's got some good thoughts already she's a good gal she swifts hard she swifts hard also (laughs) just a quick sidebar about mk because i just thought about this recently since camilla cabello has been in the news camilla cabello called mk curly sue to her face so what? Yeah. So can all my homies say fuck Camila Cabello for Wait, being mean to fuck? MK Ashford? <laughs> when did MK ever see Camila Cabello? I think she had a meet and greet with Fifth Harmony like a long time ago. And called her Curly Sue. Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> anyway, sorry MK. I don't. I, you tweeted about that story, so I think it's okay for me to share it. <laughs> I really wish we, like, didn't say her name and that was, like, her anonymous name. Curly, Curly. <laughs> she would not like that. I will tell you that right now. No. Oh, my God. Imagine meeting someone famous and they call you Curly Sue. <laughs> yes, and Camila Cabello. Like, the most famous one out of all of them. God. Yeah, certainly now. For sure. Well, with that being said, take it away, MK. Okay. So, this isn't the first time I've listened to Evermore. Um, I listened to it when it came out, obviously. And the reaction I had, 
I just knew that it wouldn't be the reaction that I would have in 24, 48 hours. Okay, so my my initial reaction after watching the Willow video and then all the YouTube um, lyric videos was not disappointment, but you know when things just start to change a little bit in life and and you you know that you're gonna like it but you're just a little resistant um it felt like that I was like I loved folklore so much this is a little happier I expected it to keep being sad and it it wasn't it was more upbeat it was just a little different you know I knew I liked it but it was I it just wasn't it wasn't quite folklore. Um, Sounds a lot like you, Chris. So I wasn't sure how to feel True. about it. But also, I experienced this a little bit of folklore too. Like watch, like listening to an album for the first time as watching lyric videos. Um, I appreciate her for that because you can take it in better. But also, it's like I'm focusing on the lyrics more and like reading them and trying to understand them and stuff. And I kind of forget to really listen to the music. Um, so as I've listened to it probably three or four more times in the last day and a half, um, I would say that I like it more listening than just like reading the lyrics. Uh, I like it more as I go on because I really do like that sonic sound wise it's a little more upbeat and fun um I think I was just expecting it to be sad and it wasn't so I was a little thrown off but I have more initial favorites I get excited about more of them and I'm like memorizing the words easier than I did with folklore which means I think I like it um a little more maybe I'll like it more in the long run Taylor really grows Um, on people a lot though yeah but I'm also kind of excited that it's more like the word that I think of when I listen to Evermore is hopeful because it's got the same folklore vibes, but it has more hope. Like the song Happiness is like, yes, I went through a really horrible breakup and but I can I'm starting to appreciate the happiness that I got from the relationship and I'm starting to realize that there will be happiness Definitely more after I get out of this moving on period. So it's like sad but hopeful and same with Evermore at the end she says I don't think this pain will be forevermore. So yeah, I feel like it's the moving on from folklore kind of album. My favorite, I knew I knew my favorite the first time I heard it halfway through the song. I was like this is it and it's still my favorite after the 10th listen is Ivy. And it's kind of ironic because as soon as it came on, the guitar melody is very very similar to Invisible String and Invisible String is my favorite song of Folklore. So, I thought Holla. that was interesting. I think that I don't know. I think there's no skips. Like with folklore, sometimes you you want to skip Epiphany just a yeah, little bit. True. Um, in Exile, it's a little too much. It's actually grown on, on me. Evermore. Epiphany has. So, a and lot I also lately. think that the Lakes was a transition song, and that's why she put it at the end because it is so. It's more similar to Evermore, I think sound and vibes and lyrics wise. It's like I guess I agree. Yeah, with that. shit happens, but um, things are hopeful still. And that it's like the perfect transition, I think. It sounds more like Evermore. I also think, I don't know if you guys like want to hear this yet, but immediately after 
it came out, everyone, the internet was blowing up about it. And I truly believe in the theory that there will be a third album. I think this is a Oh, Ali. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Situation with the merch and how there's three colors of everything. And I saw a post where a guy got his cardigan and in the box where like it was like confetti and it was the three colors so i really think there's gonna be a third one and i think that it will be in exactly five months just like okay the first gap between two albums i think she'll do that again okay i told you guys that i half promised that i wouldn't bring up the trilogy but that wasn't me that was MK. I do think we need to say, Allie, sorry to interrupt, that MK did send us that recording in December. No, I was going to actually bring that up. I was like, I wonder if she did this before or after the Fearless announcement, because I feel like everyone that believed in the trilogy, as soon as the Fearless announcement came out, everyone stopped believing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to refrain from saying anything <laughs> else since I already, <laughs> I mean, my boyfriend listened to my solo episode and he was like commenting on it and he's like oh but that last part you're in la la land we're not getting another album <laughs> sam <laughs> la la land yeah he said does he talk like he's from the 1940s yeah, i know <laughs> he really does he, yeah he says you're a crazy lady for thinking that i was mm-hmm. like sam but the come on but okay so even even my boyfriend is telling me to stop I do want to point out something that MK said that I think we might have touched on either in an episode or maybe just you and I talking on our own, that Mm -hmm. Evermore definitely is more hopeful. And I think Mm -hmm. it is because folklore was early pandemic and Evermore Mm -hmm. was like, there's a vaccine now, you know, like, yeah, there is like a bigger, a larger air of hope with it. Yeah, I feel like folklore, like, you, like, feel the hurt and the Mm -hmm. disappointment of the pandemic, and then Evermore is kind of escapism to me. Exactly. Like, it's more like, okay, let's go over to this land where I kill my best friend's (laughs) ex-husband and I... (laughs) Yeah. We're just gonna chill over here, and then uh, the pandemic will be over, and it's gonna be fine. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm a witch. Yeah, I'm also a witch now. I did some spells. I listened to the G-Fall episode on T-Voodoo, and it inspired the Willow music video. And on top of all that, I come back stronger than a 90s trend. Yeah, for some reason. 1890s, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Take it away, Sophia. My name's Sophia. I just want to say my thoughts about, about Evermore. Um... Pretty crazy to wake up this morning and to see realize we had a new album. When I first I saw the first tweet about the Willow music videos, I thought, oh, we're getting a new single. Awesome. But then I realized it was a whole dang album. And I was like, you can't see my facial expression, but I was just so amazed by it. Because it was like, what, a whole nother album? And like looking at track lists, I'm like, wow, that's a lot of songs, you know? And just trying to wrap my mind around it and... Uh, my favorites are definitely Willow. Uh, it's just like, uh, the music video is just super interesting. I have to really watch it again, but it was super interesting. And I loved how Taylor Swift, like, tried to make it like this, like, really, not like, she just made it really cool. Like, she didn't try. She made it really, uh, like, a wonderful experience because she would put, com- she put comments in the chat and, like, give insights to it. Like, I know she said there's 
references in the music video to four of the songs from Folklore. The ones that I know definitely is Invisible String and Seven, but I think one of them was Mirrorball. I can't remember the fourth one. And then it was just a really pretty music video. And and I now I'm just also wondering, like, wait, did she plan this? Like, plan to have Willow on the Folklore album, but then took it off? Because, I mean, she could have definitely had the set again with the piano and such. But you know what I mean? It's just like, it's just too much of a coincidence. But then again, there's been... I think another example of like music videos connecting to each other like this is um, Panic at the Disco. They had three songs over the space of like three of the albums, I think, because it was Pay for the Wicked for the Weekend, Say Amen, and This is Gospel, and then Emperor's New Clothes, which is all on three different albums. And apparently, at least like Brendan Urie said, it was never planned for it to be all connected, but they're all connected. But it wasn't like a linear thing. And they added something in the like before and after with the middle first. And I think my next favorite song is definitely Champagne Problems. Like, I don't know why, at least for me, like, I like happy songs, but I also like a really good sad song. I know that sounds super weird, but like a really well-written sad song that's not just like, wham, 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 I'm sad, but like, wow, this is really, I have to sit here and ruminate. It's just the piano in the background is beautiful and gorgeous. And yeah, I think the next song I really, that I thought was interesting was Tolerated because I have those thoughts too in my life where I like be myself or like I'm really excited to show something. But then there's always that thought in the back of my mind. And like, I bet they're only tolerating it because they know I'm excited about it, but they just like, oh, here she goes again about that, you know? Especially with my family now. I think I've talked so much about Taylor Swift this year. They're probably just like, okay, here she goes again. But I think they do appreciate it. I did convince my parents to watch the folklore documentary with me and they did like it by the end. And they actually grew to really like and respect Taylor Swift. So, which is exciting. And I think like my mom said, like, if it makes you happy, like, I'm glad about that. And I think I've definitely had been ashamed of what I've liked or just interest because it's not the normal thing to do. And also just like, oh, I'm saying like too much. I'm so sorry. But similarly just I think we can all wait to experiences of thinking that we shouldn't share too much of ourselves and stuff like that and like I mean mirror ball is like all about that too from folklore but I think tolerate gets into a little more deeper into those negative feelings and kind of just like always like second guessing yourself like oh like I shouldn't have said that I should have stopped it here and stuff I was interested in happiness just because Taylor said on the YouTube chat that Happiness was the last song she wrote and she wrote it the week before this released, which is so mind-boggling to me. And I'm looking forward to listening to the bonus tracks when I get the CD because I loved the bonus track from Folklore. I loved it so much. It was my third most listened to song for the year according to Spotify and considering the bonus track didn't come out until September. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. I just loved that song so much. And, wow. So I think that's really interesting that she's talking about the superior bonus track. Cressy, do you have a favorite bonus track specifically from Folklore and Evermore? And then if you do, do you think it's the best bonus track out of all of her eras? So I gotta say... Uh, I think the Evermore bonus tracks are superior. Okay. And I think they belong together as a pair. 
Uh-huh. Because I think they balance each other out, like, mathematics. Yeah. You know, one, they're, like, the direct opposite of each other. And I, I think they go well together as a pair. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I can pick one out of either of them, though. I'm so sorry. I'm going to break my rule again. This might, this will be the last thing. Don't let me talk about the trilogy ever again, Cressy, okay? Okay. If Folklore had one bonus track, Evermore had two bonus tracks. If there's a trilogy, do you think it will have three bonus oh, tracks? Oh, lordy. Oh, get out of here, Allie. Go take a lap. I'm so sorry, guys. I really, I'm just going to continue to be in La La Land. But I think the choice for me would have to go between the lakes and right where you left me. I like both of those. To me, I'm not a huge fan of It's Time to Go. I don't know. And Sophia actually had something that she had forgotten to say in the audio recording that she ended up writing into us. Quote, one last thing that I forgot to add on my audio recording. Did you two notice the lyric in Willow about a trophy and a champion ring? I think this was Taylor alluding to the Last Dance documentary. Although I don't think Willow is a sports song, the lyrics are just a fun reference. Best wishes, Sophia. End quote. Thank you, Sophia. All right, I've got some thoughts. All right, let's hear it. Thank you, Sophia, again. <laughs> so uh, Ryan are in the Discord Mm-hmm. He sent. He also sent this to us on Instagram. He shared a link to a Reddit post about this song and kind of about like trophies and champion rings because we were talking about how confused we are about the song Willow. And he said, hey, y'all, big fan of your podcast. I know you're on Reddit, but I wanted to share this post someone posted about Willow being about folklore. I listened to your what? Evermore podcast and like me, I know y'all were confused about Willow. This read make me like Willow a lot more. So I was All like... Right. Hmm. So then I pulled it up, and this person makes some good points. It's Their username is E-S-C-A-L-E-I-R-A-9-7. I'll just quickly scan through some of their points, but they make a really good argument, and this actually does make me like the song Willow a lot more. Okay. So the whole song, they say, quote, is basically about her letting herself being taken by her man, Folklore. The first verse alludes to her letting herself go by this unexpected man. So, like, this is Cressy talking. Like, she wasn't expecting folklore. Okay. You know? That kind of makes sense. Yeah. And, quote, she just found herself writing songs out of the blue. Um, Her next point is, the chorus reinforces this idea, but especially with the line, wreck my plans, that's my man. Before the pandemic, Taylor was planning Loverfest and planning on promoting Lover. With folklore and eventually Evermore, those plans were wrecked. Oh, I like this a lot. Yes. Her third point is... Or their third point. I don't know this person's identity. Uh, They say, quote, The second verse is the most telling. The first few lines reinforce the idea that folklore came to her like a mythical thing out of nowhere. But then, quote within quote, like you were a trophy or a champion ring, like Sophia said. But there was one prize I'd cheat to win. End quote within quote. Continuing quote, If the one was about her wondering what would have happened if me had gone number one and if... (laughs) (laughs) it and lover had been received better folklore she realizes was the prize she coveted the most since cardigan went to number one my god and then they talk about the bridge and they count me out time and time again but i come back stronger than a 90s trend you know like with the reception that me and lover got yada 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 yeah so i think it totally can be like related to her career so thank you, Ryan, for sending us this Reddit link. And thank you to this you slash, I think it's like Escleria97. Thank you for posting this. So And Cressy, that actually 
just remind me, like, if this is actually about her career, the song Willow, uh, it reminds me of something that you said about the lakes when we were talking about the line, with my calamitous love and insurmountable grief. You were like, what if her calamitous love is her music and the insurmountable grief is, you know, the fact that it was sold and she doesn't own it. Mm -hmm. It would make sense, too, in that sense as well. Yeah. Thank you, Sophia, for reminding me to share that. Yeah, thank you, Sophia. And before we move on past Willow, so our friend Brittany, that was our first confession, she kind of gave some notes throughout uh, about the different songs, and I really like them. So here's what she said about Willow. She said, I actually don't have much to say about this, but I'm taking up this space to note that I'm not a Taylor remix fan, aka I haven't even listened to the Willow remixes. Cressy, do you listen to the Willow remixes? I did when they first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of indifferent towards them, honestly. I liked the remixes in the sense that it made it even more upbeat. Kind of imagine mm-hmm. myself like listening to it in like a social scenario more with some of the remixes. Like the Moonlit Witch version, I'm pretty sure was my favorite. I remember when the remix for Cardigan came out, I couldn't even really... You were like, I can't even tell the difference. And it was like something about the like background percussion. I like I'm kinda what do you think her MO is for putting out all these remixes? It was to get that song to number one. So if people are listening to the remixes, it will also put mm-hmm. the song in general. I guess I just don't understand the algorithm for charts. Yeah, I saw I think I saw it either on Twitter or Reddit, someone explained it. And uh-huh. like artists do this often, but that's part of the reason why there's like a thousand remixes of Old Town Road. Okay. That mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. So they ultimately support the original song. All right. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Because I was like, there was just a lot of different versions and it, you know, not really that different. Mm-hmm. I, she really wanted that number one. For sure. Well, that being said, for Gold Rush, Brittany wrote in saying, I love this song so much. I don't know if I dig the theory that this is the song about Taylor from Joe's point of view. Sorry, Cressy. It's okay. But this song really makes me wish there were more Jack Antonoff songs on the album. Shame. I love him. Well, we know you love him, Cressy. I sure do. (laughs) Um, In parentheses, I also think Jack and Taylor should produce Olivia Rodrigo's first album, but that's another story. Also, as a side note, I think Champagne Problems into Gold Rush is the new Cornelia Street into Death by a Thousand Cuts. All four songs are my favorite songs on both albums. Some of my fave Tay songs of all time. Oh, I kind of like that last part. <laughs> oh, Brittany's comment reminded me of recently in the last few days, Olivia Rodrigo posted that Taylor sent her the ring that she wore when she wrote Red. What? Yeah. Isn't that cute? That's so cool. Oh my god, and Olivia Rodrigo is like a huge Taylor Swift fan. Yeah, she was wearing it in an interview and she showed it. I, I don't think, I think Taylor like bought it again. I don't think she gave her like the exact one. Oh. But yeah, you can like look at old pictures of Taylor and she's wearing it. So it is the same ring. Oh, I love that. And if y'all aren't aware, Taylor, I think, tweeted Olivia Rodrigo when Driver's License went number one, obviously. And she said something like, that's my baby. And <laughs> Uh, Olivia Rodrigo said that she was legally going to change her name to (laughs) Taylor Swift's baby. (laughs) Who wouldn't? I know. Taylor also was recently mentioned in an SNL skit. 
Did you see that, Ellie? No, I didn't get to watch SNL this past week. I retweeted it. It's a skit with the guy from Bridgerton. Oh. And they're, like, playing pool, and he puts on driver's yes. license, and then they get into an argument about, like, Taylor Swift's writing styles and, like, the difference. Yes, it, I did see it's it. It's great. It's a, it's a great skit. It has all of our faves. They talk about lyrics. <laughs> it's kind of like this podcast, but without the physical violence. <laughs> I... Actually, no, I did see that skit because, like, they were singing, yeah, Driver's License. But they really, like, I wouldn't even say the skit was, like, funny. But it, like, really, like, spoke to my soul because they were literally just talking about Taylor Swift and Olivia Rodrigo's, like, artistic (laughs) talent. So I was like, I don't know where the jokes are here, but this is all very true stuff. Maybe that's kind of the point. Maybe they're taking Taylor Swift so seriously and that's why it's funny. Which Yeah, and they're, like... Like, manly men, like, playing pool at a pool hall. and Yeah. That's, you know, I guess that's a joke. Yeah. It could have, it could have been, it could have been executed a, a little bit differently. But you know what? We got those shout outs. I mean, I love the compliments. So. Yes. We'll take all the Taylor compliments we can get. But sorry for the, the little turns I just took us on. I got reminded of this with the mention of Olivia. <laughs> You're so fine. For our next Evermore reaction, y'all are going to hear from a familiar voice, our dear friend, Cheston. So Cheston went above and beyond and recorded his reactions as he was listening to all of the songs for the first time. Um, So this one's going to be a little bit of a medley of his reactions as he's listening to these songs. So y'all are in for a treat. Take it away, Cheston. Oh my gosh, this is cardigan girl you going back into the piano she's following her invisible string well i guess it's visible oh my gosh i don't even have words right now i swear y'all if she's getting married i'm gonna die stop her train like her wedding gown train i'm gonna sob if she's getting married that's her man it just all looks so wedding ish It's like she's trying to get to him. Oh my gosh, like a 90s trend. I heard you, Taylor. She's a witch. And so now she's like joining the witch's coven because it's like, you hunted me and called me a witch. Well, I'm gonna be a witch. I cannot. Begging for you to take my hand and wreck my plans. So like every time she tried to get to him on her own, she couldn't. But then when she followed the golden string, she ended up with him. And she keeps talking about begging for you to take my hand. We all know what that means. Like when you take somebody's hand, that means you want them to marry you. Oh, I cannot. Okay, on to the next. Here we go. So this reminds me of Epiphany. I feel like this is kind of like love story. Or no, I'm sorry. You belong with me. Where she's like trying, where she's like competing for this guy. She's one of those people that loves him. And she right here, she's talking about that other girl, maybe. Oh my gosh. We're going to find out like two weeks from now that this is so wrong. Like she's going to let a video out and like my first take is going to be like, you're dumb. Like it's literally going to be like, you're so wrong. This is not what any of that meant. Okay, so the first collab. Uh Uh-oh, 
Oh my gosh, what's that song by the Dixie Chicks? Uh, Earl, where they kill Earl. That's what I'm getting from this. Uh-oh, SD. Literally, this is Earl. Illicit Affairs. Okay, so I'm also listening to this with one of my really good friends, and he works at Olive Garden, and he's losing his shit. Because that's, a cheater would take somebody to Olive Garden. Straight up, a cheater would go to Olive Garden. If he brings home breadsticks from Olive Garden, he's a cheater. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the lesson here. He definitely did it. And if he didn't bring breadsticks home, he probably gave them to his mistress. Oh, damn, they dumped him in the lake. <gasps> Bet he won't be not bringing breadsticks home anymore. We all knew, girl. We all knew, sis. Taylor wrote a murder song, and it was about a cheater from Olive Garden. Happiness. Taylor, we could all use some of that. Oh, no, Taylor. This is supposed to be happy. Not a divorce song. I can't. I can't. Everybody's gonna speculate about her and Joe breaking up. But this is similar to Peace in that she talked about how Peace, how she couldn't give him peace, but yet the title of the song was Peace. This hits so hard. More champagne. Stop, Taylor. Right. This is like stream of conscious. So this reminds me of the Archer where it like builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. Oh, she threw a GD in this one. This? Why does she relate so hard? That's right, Taylor. That's right. That's right. Okay, so I like this song. Like I was actually going to say I didn't like one of her songs. We all know that's not true, but... That's right. This song is so empowering. It's so sad, but at the end, it makes you feel like you just went through that whole relationship with her. Oh, how does this queen just constantly put out such relatable masterpieces? All right. Thank you, Chestin. Thank you, Chestin. Baller takes as always. Always good to hear from you, Chestin. The next song that we have a reaction to is Tis the Damn Season. Quote, this song slash this album came out when I started talking to the guy I hooked up with at the end of my senior year of college. Again, a pandemic point of desperation. So I was really feeling it. If anyone cares, I'm no longer talking to him and I am out of the woods. LOL. Uh-huh. Well, good. <laughs> Probably a lot of people had that scenario of falling into old romances during the pandemic. Because like when you have no possibility of meeting anyone new Mm -hmm. you're probably are gonna fall into like dating your ex again so don't worry i'm sure you weren't the only one shall we move on to our next reaction for tolerate it quote i truly think my tears ricochet is not only tay's best track five but also like the best song she's ever written I'm in the alley camp of All Too Well being one of her best songs, but maybe not her best, question mark, question mark, question mark. Therefore, to top My Tears Ricochet or even come close to it would be a feat within itself. Additionally, the majority of Tay's track fives have not only felt like her saddest songs, 
but I've also felt like her most vulnerable and personal songs. This song is so unbelievably sad, but it did disappoint me a bit because it wasn't autobiographical. She obviously has the right to write whatever she wants to, but the Archer and My Tears Ricochet were like the ultimate one-two gut punch, and I truly felt what Taylor was feeling with those two songs. I wish we got more of a glimpse into her feels with Evermore's track five, end quote. I feel that. Yeah, I mean, because Tolerate It was very much, again, in my point of view about divorce, I feel like a lot mm-hmm. of people would take it that way. So yeah, not totally. I mean, that was kind of her, to me, appealing to people closer to her actual age, you know, or older. Like mm-hmm. maybe she's trying to appeal to more mature audiences with that song. We also have a reaction for closure that says, quote, The fact that this is a skit for so many Swifties makes me so sad because this is one of my favorite songs. There are two TS themes that I can never resist in no particular order. Number one is songs about New York or songs that mention New York. I'm a welcome to New York apologist and the lyrics in hoax, you know, I left a part of me back in New York hits me where it hurts. And number two is songs about Big Machine and Scooter. I don't think this is about Carly Kloss. I truly think this is about Scott Borchetta, the big machines in the background, genius. I should also mention that I really appreciate this song because in all of my romantic relationships, even though the song isn't about a romantic relationship, I've never asked for or received closure. Post breakups, I've always gotten to a place within myself that I've never needed their closure. This song is so personal to me in that way, end quote. Okay, I really had to read that reaction because the machines in the background, I had no clue. Same, I think that's brilliant. And also, her mentioning Welcome to New York, it also reminded me of something that I wanted to say after we listened to MK's recordings. She talked about how she was just expecting Evermore to be sadder, and that's why it took her a minute to like grow on her. That reminded me of a conversation I had with MK when we were in high school when Welcome to New York, the single, came out. I was disappointed by it because I thought it was going to be a sad song. Really? That. that I, for whatever reason, I, I really thought, like, in my heart, like, this was going to be a sad song just from the title. And then the single was released, and I was like, what? Yeah. Anyway, Brittany just reminded me of that. I thought it was going to be, like, like nostalgic, kind of morose, uh, but it's very upbeat. It's, in fact, the exact opposite. Also, everyone, I just sneezed 15 times in a <laughs> row. I spent the day in the park, in Piedmont Park, and I think I inhaled every pollen known to man, and I apologize for my nasally sounding voice now. <laughs> That's what you get for being in nature, y'all. It's that time of year. Ooh. That being said, before we go on to our next reaction, Brittany really went above and beyond, and she brought up the bonus tracks, which we talked about at the beginning, whether we had a favorite or not. So in regard to Right Where You Left Me, Brittany says, quote, my favorite of the two bonus tracks. I agree that it's not about Carly Kloss, but I do understand where people are coming from with the breaking of the glass tradition. Carly Kloss had a Jewish wedding when she married what's-his-name. I won't say his name, LOL. As a Jewish person, his family brings shame to my people. (laughs) (laughs) Love to see it. She's cracking me up. Um, And Taylor did not go to that wedding. The connective tissue... She sure did not. She did not not go to either wedding. They had two. They had two and no. (laughs) She declined both. Yeah, you like literally can't say anything about that. You straight up just did not go. 
Um, the connective tissue is definitely there, but I personally don't agree that she's who the song is about. She says, quote, I'm hoping this is my The Lakes. In my reaction that you gals read in the Folklore second time around episode, I said that I slept on The Lakes and I so regretted it because it ended up becoming one of my favorite songs on the album. Because this is the last song on Evermore, and frankly, I listen to this album as I go to sleep many nights, I rarely get to this song, so I definitely need more time with it. Maybe I should start listening to it on repeat like I did with The Lakes, end quote. Mm. Yeah, listening on repeat is the biggest cure if you don't like a Taylor song. <laughs> it will grow on you. It will eventually. I've done that many times. Probably the best example of when I did this was with Look What You Made Me Do. Ah. Because now I'll listen to it without the music video. I mean, the music video, like we said so many times, made the song. But now I'll listen to it without it. That's me with uh, Shake It Off. I did not like that song at first. But I gotta say, crying to the song Shake It Off hits different. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna let y'all listen to that the next time you hear it and be like, now why would someone cry? Oh, you'll see. <laughs> Alright. So with that, let's head to our next and final audio recording reaction from my dear friend Kate. Kate, take it away. Hey, this is Kate, and I'm from Charleston, South Carolina, and I have an Evermore theory that I wanted to get y'all's opinion on. So I think that Dorothea, I hope that's right. I hope it's not Dorothy. Anyways, I'm going to roll with Dorothea. But I think that that song and It's the Damn Season are connected, and that they are just a male and female perspective of the same situation kind of thinking about each other. Okay. Um, and here is my evidence for that theory. So, Dorothea obviously is the male perspective, and he's thinking about a girl from his hometown who left to try to make it to Hollywood. Um, he's like, she's doing pretty well because he says that she's selling dreams and makeup and magazines. She has these shiny friends. And basically he says, if you ever get tired of being known for who you know, you know you always know me. And then on the flip side of that, in Tis the Damn Season, it is this girl who is going home to her parents' house, um, I guess for the holidays. But anyways, she is singing about this hometown boy that she really misses. And she says that the road not taken looks real good now. And I take that to mean um, just kind of a simpler life in her hometown, maybe with this boy. And she also says, I'll go back to L.A. to my so-called friends who write books about me. So obviously this girl has also tried to make it in Hollywood, and she's got to be somewhat famous if people are writing books about her. So anyways, let me know what you think. I'm convinced that they are just singing about one another. Thanks. Bye. Love the theory. I totally subscribe to it. I love that it can be a song about friendship and also connected to Tiss the Damn Season. Like, I totally see it now. I think your theory completely makes sense and I love it. I'm here for it. And with that, we're going to head into our last reaction for the night. This one brings up the song Evermore in a way that I had never previously even considered it. Callie says, quote, I just listened to your third Evermore episode and I wanted to mention that I took the song Evermore completely different. I know it's definitely a heartbreak song like y'all talked about, but I took it that she was talking about the pandemic. The lyrics that particular, I can't say that word, Callie. We've been <laughs> over this. 
We all know I can't say that word. <laughs> Allie, we say it. Wait, what word? The lyrics that particularly. Oh, no. <laughs> Y'all know I can't say it. Particularly. Stood out to me. That made me think this was. Hey, December, guess I'm feeling unmoored. Can't remember what I used to fight for. I felt that it connected to the pandemic because we got to the point once it hit December that it's like, ugh, I've kind of lost my way and all this, and I don't even remember what life was like before. Also, the repeated lyric about this pain being forevermore. I thought of it as, is this feeling of loneliness and the pandemic going to be forevermore? Huh. Then when she switches at the end to that this pain won't be forevermore, man, Lots of Evermore tears confusing my little brain. <laughs> I thought of it as there's light at the end of the pandemic and I know that this pain won't last forever. Just wanted to send this to y'all and see your thoughts. Wondering if anyone else thought this way. I literally didn't think about the song any differently until I heard y'all's podcast. But that's the beauty of Taylor is you can interpret in so many ways. Love your podcast, Callie. End quote. Thank you, Callie. Thank you, Callie. Totally agree. That is the beauty of Taylor. Yeah, I, I do think that's something that's so beautiful. And, you know, everyone will have different lines that just hit home for them and different ways to interpret the same song. So why don't we end this episode, Allie, by talking about what's coming up next weekend. The Grammys! Which will be just a few days after this episode releases. Oh my god, I am so excited. So we found out today that Taylor will be performing at the Grammys. Cressy, my question for you is, do you have any guess on what she'll be performing? Because I think it's got to be Cardigan. It has to be from Folklore, right? Because it can't be Evermore. Yeah, because Evermore hasn't been nominated for anything yet. It would be qualified for 2022. You know what I would actually love to see performed at the Grammys other than Cardigan? What? My Tears Ricochet. Okay. Because I feel like that would be like a performance. Well, uh, I know Evermore may not happen, but I do see Haim listed under the performers. What if we got some Nobody No Crime? Oh my god. That would also be really fun. And I feel like that'd be symbolic, like, full circle of her, like, country career, you know? Yeah. Kind of bring her back to, like, her first Grammy. Also, Harry Styles and John Mayer, too. Wow. Do you think they'll see each other backstage? Do you think there's going to be any awkward encounters close encounters so for my understanding because of the pandemic it's like being done over like a billion different stages that makes sense so they may not see each other at all i think it's gonna be super spread out i hope it's not like a zoom performance situation oh yeah don't care for those at all they're probably performing on open stages like open auditoriums yeah yeah let's talk about what she was nominated for yes so she is nominated for Album of the Year. She is against Chilombo, Black Pumas, Everyday Life, DeJesse Volume 3, Women in Music Part 3, Future Nostalgia, Hollywood's Bleeding, and, and then Folklore. Okay. What do we think? I think Dua Lipa is hard competition, but I feel like, honestly, Taylor and the amount that Folklore sold, like, I just don't want to say she's a shoe in and obviously the Grammys are, like, super political too, so perhaps mm-hmm. not. But I think that folklore would be pretty hard to beat. I also do want to say, I think Dua might be her biggest competition. Mm-hmm. But I, I like Dua Lipa. I like her music. I like her album. I think she's pioneering the return of disco, as y'all know I love. But 
She has been partying during this pandemic and she has been putting it all over her Instagram story. Dua Lipa has? Yes, she's been like flying and traveling. She had like a big giant birthday party, not a mask in sight. She is, I don't know. I feel like just like given the context of this year, that may not bode well for her, for the voters. Yeah. Because I mean, they don't have to vote just on music merit. They can vote on whoever they want. So that's just something to think about. And also her boyfriend is an anti-vaxxer. Oh my God. Are all the Hadids anti-vaxxers? Dua Lipa's boyfriend. Yeah, he's the he's Anwar Hadid. From the Hadid family? From the Hadid family, Dua Lipa. I did not put those two together. Wow. <laughs> well, I hope not. I mean, he, he might have changed his mind. Basically, someone, you know, like you can ask questions on Instagram stories. Someone was like, yeah. why aren't you for vaccines? And he had a really dumbass answer. And, you know, maybe people replied to it and educated him. So mm-hmm. anyone who has skepticism about vaccines in general, I, I hear you. But um, his reasons were dumbass. So just Google it. Google it yourself, y'all. Next up, we have Song of the Year. And she is nominated for Cardigan. She's against Black Parade, The Box, Circles, Don't Start Now, Everything I Wanted, I Can't Breathe, and If the World Was Ending. I feel like The Box could be hard to beat. I don't know the... <laughs> I don't know about... The other ones. Yeah. The box is the only one that I really personally really like other than that. But mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not like a musical genius. I really think Don't Start Now was such a powerhouse when it came out. For example, the first time I heard that song was on the radio. And that says yeah. a lot for it to like actually True. be played on the radio. Yeah. I, I, I also, I just feel like the choices for the Grammys too, like it'd be hard for... Taylor to sweep the house, I feel like, with so much competition. But also, Taylor has had such a record-breaking year that I can't really see how she wouldn't sweep the house. Although, Cardigan in and of itself, like, Folklore was more of a masterpiece collectively than it was just for Cardigan. So, maybe this would be the one that she would lose. I could see her winning the album of the year before she wins Song of the Year. Uh Uh-huh. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have best pop solo performance. We had Yummy, Justin Bieber. Absolutely. I want to know how much she paid for this nomination. I know. Like, absolutely not. Like, fucking Yummy over the weekend. Really? Yummy? Did Scooter get, give like a yacht ride to or something? I know. Literally. All right. So, Yummy, Bieber, Say So, Doja Cat. I, I think. I think that might win. Yeah. Uh, Everything I Wanted, Billie Eilish, Don't Start Now, Dua Lipa, Watermelon Sugar, Harry Styles, and Cardigan. I feel like Say So was so, like, just with TikTok, too. Yeah. And it is, like, this isn't a popularity contest. You no. Know? So I'm, that means, at the end of the day, it doesn't mean much. But still, I I really see Doja get in this one. Okay, okay. So Doja and Say So, that was, like, a really big TikTok song, and you know, it's not a popularity contest, but also Old Town Road was a huge TikTok song, social media song, and that won a lot of Grammys kind of for the same exact reason. Mm-hmm. So I would say if I could choose, if anyone's going to beat Taylor, and I hate that I'm saying this, but I would want Harry Styles to win. Really? I feel like sugar. I love, I love Harry Styles, but I feel like that song just isn't that strong. Oh. To be up against, like, Say So, Don't Start Now. 
You yeah. Know? I mean, it's definitely above Yummy. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, Yummy. I can't even believe that that was nominated. Like, are you fucking like, joking? Like, how much money did that cost? And was it worth it? Because he's not going to win. I was super impressed when Harry Styles came out with Watermelon Sugar High. I Watermelon Sugar High. But, um... I saw him perform it on SNL and I remember instantly thinking like, oh, this song's kind of weird. And then by the end of it, like, I was like, Harry Styles, you fucking rock star. Oh, I'd let him ruin my life, but I don't know if it's a Grammy worthy song. Harry Styles, if you're listening, I'm free all next week. If you are also free, let me know. My email is chrissyk at gmail.com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um... I mean, I guess, like, I'm kind of the worst person to have this talk because I'm kind of just like, oh, this is the song I like. I like The Box. I like Watermelon Sugar. But, like, mm-hmm. I really do kind of feel like the way that Harry Styles performed it. Would this be his first Grammy? Like, if Harry Styles won? Why don't we look it up? Let's let's give some facts. Does Harry Styles have a Grammy? Because if Styles that would be a scenario, I'd be happy. Oh, oh, my God. Harry Styles and Taylor going head in head. Head to head. So he's been nominated three times uh-huh. for uh, Watermelon Sugar for Best Pop Solo Performance, uh, Fine Line for Best Pop Vocal Album, and Best Music Video, Adore You. Wow. Okay. And let's see if uh, how many One Direction got. They've been nominated for 366 awards, One, One Direction has. Not oh all Grammys. Oh my god. I wouldn't be terribly surprised. I mean, like if they if One Direction didn't have any Grammy nominations, I wouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, I'm not seeing any, but they've got a ton from huge like Billboard Music Awards, the American Music Awards. Like they've yeah they get their noms, but yeah. So this this is big for Harry. I'm proud of him. I love him. Again, email me. I love you. According to Express, in their five years at the top of the charts with One Direction. They never received a Grammy Awards nomination. Again, with it being so political, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like they the Grammys probably just looks at One Direction as too, like, cookie cutter and then never nominated them. And now Harry yeah. Styles comes out with this artistic, more more artistic sound, and he's nominated, you know? Well, what's interesting is BTS, a, a boy band, they have been nominated, which is interesting to me. I... I'm not the best person to talk about this without bias because I personally really love K-pop. I don't listen to them. Yeah. But like I actually like whenever I watch like those documentaries or anything on their like music videos, I just think that K-pop stars are so incredibly talented. I say give them Mm. all the awards. They are like they are top notch entertainment. Like they actually are. I would say they're more talented than the majority of U.S. artists. Oh, 100%, because they have to go through, like, the K-pop camp or whatever. Yeah, they literally the training are stuff. trained from a young age. Like, uh, having them nominated for Grammys, they should be. If they weren't, I would yeah. revolt. Like, they yeah. deserve a Grammy. <laughs> All right, so best pop duo slash group performance. Taylor is nominated for Exile with Bon Iver, and she mm-hmm. is up against Undia, Intentions, again with Bieber, Dynamite, and Rain On Me. Okay, I will say Intentions is a stronger player than Yummy yeah. was. Yeah. I just get mad when I see his name. I know. <laughs> but like that one makes more sense to me yeah. than the other. But I would love to see Taylor and Bonavera walk home with this win. I think that would be really fun. And Joe, Joe Allen would probably get a Grammy for this. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. I, I kind of see it being between Ran on Me and Dynamite, honestly. 
Rain on Me was a strong one, especially having it be Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. I I just can't shake the feeling of if Taylor won with Bonnie there for this and Joe won also like Joe and Taylor's like she said in Long Pond Sessions that Bonavera is like one of their favorite artists and if they won a Grammy with their favorite artist yes. together like can you just imagine so now I'm wondering does John Mayer have any Grammys like how many people have let's see have had Grammys that are associated with her like how many Grammys are like in her social circle that I would love to know with um with friends and former boyfriends, John Mayer has a lot of Grammy wins. Um, he won best song in two thousand five for Daughters. He won Classic. best male pop vocal performance for Daughters. He won male pop vocal performance in two thousand three for Your Body Is a Wonderland. What a song! I fucking love that song. I know. Don't like him as a person, but boy, does that song slap. Oh yeah. He won um, Best Male Pop Vocal Performance for in 2007 for Waiting on the World to Change. Best Pop Vocal Album for Continuum, also in 2007. Best Solo Rock Vocal Performance in 2009 for Gravity, switching over from pop to rock. And then mm. Best Male Pop Vocal Performance in 2009 for Say. Okay, so, so he's, got, he's got some. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a good number. Why don't we move on to best pop vocal album? Okay. We have Folklore, Fine Line, Harry Styles. So this is another place where they're against each other. Um, Future Nostalgia, Chromatica, and Changes. I think it would be between Future Nostalgia and Folklore. I agree. Yeah, I just, I think that the other ones, there's just not really competition there. Well, actually, hmm. This is under the pop category. Mm Mm-hmm. Folklore. Not very pop. And it's against all of those albums are very pop. I mean, well, finally, than, it is like more alternative pop, but like yeah. pop. Future Nostalgia is total, total pop. Chromatica, quintessential pop. True. But Change was supposed to be R- R&B. I will say, even though Justin Bieber sucks, <sighs> his album Change, like I listened to it fully one day and it actually is pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Beyond Yummy, like, mm-hmm. the, it's, like, actually a pretty solid album, I, if I'm being honest. Probably his best in a long time. I could see Taylor getting, like, best overall album, but not best pop vocal. I agree. All right, next up, and I believe this is the last one. Best song written for visual media. Beautiful Ghost from Cats. Oh, my God. Carried Me With You from Onward. Into the Unknown from Frozen 2. Okay. No Time to Die from No Time to Die. And stand up from Harriet. I would say if anything's going to be Beautiful Ghosts, I honestly haven't heard all of them, so my opinion means shit. Yeah. But Into the Unknown, because it's from Frozen 2, like it, it's a strong yeah. contender. Frozen just has great music. but Yeah, I have no opinion on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but let's wrap up with Jack Antonoff's nomination. All right, let's hear it. He was nominated for Producer of the Year. And underneath his name, with the songs that were used for consideration, two of them are Taylor's. I'll read them all. August by Taylor. Gaslighter, The Chicks. Holy Terrain, FKA Twigs. Mirror Ball, Taylor Swift. This Is Me Trying, Taylor Swift. And Together, Sia. Wow. So those are the songs that they used, I guess, for consideration. Good for Jack Antonoff. 
Yeah, I think that he deserves it. He's such a good producer. I mean, and he did it all with folklore, you know, with Taylor, obviously. And seeing Taylor's songs three times in that list makes me feel even stronger that she's going to win the album of the year. Yeah, I feel that. And like, those are like lesser known songs from folklore. So, yeah, I mean, to me, I don't want to jinx it, but I'm always optimistic. Before we close out, Let's see what his Grammy noms look like. This is so fascinating to me. Like, I know the Grammys are, they're not real. They're so political, yada, yada, yada. But because Taylor cares about them, I care about them. And now I want to know how many Jack has. Jack Antonoff, Grammy nominations. And then we'll close out. Wow. Okay, so he has won two. Do you want to guess what one of the songs he won for? I'll give you a hint. High School. 2013. Oh, 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 Lord, Lord. Um. Nope, nope. It's his band. Oh, I have no fucking clue. We are young. Oh, you told me that. Oh, that's a good yep. one. He um won that one, uh, and he's been nominated for one, two, three, four, five, six total, and has one two. Good for you, buddy. Well, everyone, thank you for tuning in for another episode of Good for a Weekend. Yes. I'm Allie. I'm Allie. <laughs> <laughs> I said I'm Y'all, I am so sick. God, I hate go to pollen. Bed. Y'all, my allergies have really taken a toll on my soul today. Join our Discord. You can find it in our link trees on our social media. Or in the show notes. The link is also in our show notes. True. Just click right there. There's no reason not to join. And we're going to have a hoot. A hoot. (laughs) Why did I say that? I'm concerned about you right now. (laughs) Cressy, go to bed. (laughs) And we're going to have a a hoot on uh, the night of the Grammys. We're going to blow up that Discord, baby. So join us. Oh, that Discord's going to be the hottest place in town. Is it, how do you say that word, a hoot? You, you said it correctly. You said it correctly three times. <laughs> okay. Well, with that said, oh. G-Faw out. G-Faw out, baby. 